As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, my favorite people. Let's talk about two ways to communicate better. You are listening to Head Shrink Inc., your answers to life, relationships, and daily living. Hey, all, Doc David here. How are you doing this week before Thanksgiving? Um, Thanksgiving is in a week. I've been seeing memes that show people don't really care about Thanksgiving. What they really care about is Christmas. I like Thanksgiving. I kind of look at it as a lead up to Christmas. Um, it's Christmas light, apparently. Anyways, I get to have all my kids home, which is always fun and enjoyable because I love my kids and I love having uh, my family all together. So let's talk about, um, I want to talk about two ways in kind of a formula to communicate better. So if you have been hiding in a, in a cave, um, you don't know that I just released a book in August and I've been doing so much shameless self promotion that of course, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I released a book. Um, so yes, the book is released and it's all about, um, good communication with, people that you care about. And there are four ways or, or kind of four steps that build on one another in this book. And I want to talk about two of those steps today. Um, the two steps that I want to talk about today are one, facts, two, feelings. Now, a lot of times you may be in an argument with somebody or you've seen an argument taking place with somebody and you've maybe heard that phrase, uh, facts don't care about your feelings. Um, I've heard that phrase, and I mean, while I think there's some truth to it, I think it's an offensive way um, to not address things in arguments. I think that you have a topic that's happening, and yeah, there, sure, there's facts around it, but within that topic, people get emotional about things, and to simply dismiss someone's feelings um, is demeaning, and in my opinion, it's demeaning, and it's just generally unkind to do that to somebody. Um, so I think my book and, and kind of how I believe communication should happen, there should be a level of kindness. And I think when there's not kindness in um, a relationship, it's more or less doomed to fail. Um, there's a guy up in University of Washington in Seattle, um, John Gottman, a lot of people have heard about him. And he, he has written a book um, about the four divorce 
the four horsemen of the divorce apocalypse or the four horsemen of divorce. I don't know the exact name, but I know he's <laughs> written a book. And so there's four things um, that he lines out in that book. I encourage you to go get it. Um, it it's, a, it's a good book to read. Um, so my book specifically talks about relationships and these, these four steps that build on one another. So one, uh, let's go with the first step. One of the things that couples often do not do, and when I'm talking, I'm not just talking to couples. I'm talking, this could be with a family member. This could be with a friend. This could be with a coworker. Um, I, I say couples just because that's kind of my thinking right now when I'm talking it through. But this this relationship um, style or this communication style could relate to any um, significant cared for relationship that you have. Um, so a lot of times when people have big arguments and the arguments end, they either have come to a resolution or some kind of uh, compromise, or they sweep the thing under the rug. Sweeping the thing under the rug, so, you know, quotes, air quotes there, um, means that that argument's going to come up later uh, at some point. And it could be a recurring argument that's been happening for the last several years in your relationship. Um, and And so what I think is important to do and what couples often don't do and I haven't done it recently, but I, I try to do it with my wife, um, is to debrief about the argument. And so this is the first step of, of better towards better communication. One of the things you do, instead of rehashing um, the feelings and the insults and the hurts, if you could stay factual about it. And so what I mean by factually describing, debriefing about the argument would be, hey, so-and-so, remember yesterday when we got into this fight about... Um, ketchup on the table or food that was left out. Um, I want to try to describe that with you factually. So the key, one of the keys to this is that your partner is in this with you, right? You're not just coming up randomly to your partner and saying, Hey, listen to me. This is something that you both are participating in that you both are recognizing. Okay. We want to try to do something different in our communication. And at first it's going to feel wonky. What I tell my clients is that when we talk through it in session, it feels weird because people just generally don't do it. And because I do it for a living, I can just easily walk people through it. Um, but the more you're able to do it yourself, the more easily you'll be able to do it um, as you tr as you go along in your relationship. So, so you stick to the facts. That's number one. And so what that looks like is, hey, John, yesterday when I came into the room, you were sitting on the couch. I walked into the room, it was about two in the afternoon, and I saw something on the table. We're sticking with facts. Um, I asked you about this thing on the table, you didn't answer me. Um, I asked again, you said you were busy, and then I walked out of the room. Okay, so that's all factual. Now, what often happens with couples, or with people, when they try to talk through an argument again, they they start inserting assumptions and um, diagnoses of the other person. So for example, take that what that factual um, that, that factual timeline that I just presented. And so so you go, hey John, I want to talk about this thing. So I walked into the room yesterday and you were sitting lazily on the couch. Okay. That's a that is a diagnosis and it's not factual because who knows if he was sitting lazily on the couch. Um, I saw a uh, ketchup bottle that was left on the table. And I asked you about it, 
You ignored me the first time. So ignoring also is another assumption. I asked you again, and then you yelled at me and were rude to me. Okay, so maybe they yelled, maybe they rude, maybe they were rude. Those are all opinions. And so the more you can talk about an argument factually and that you both agree on, yes, I came in the room, yes, I asked you a question, I didn't respond the first time, yes, I you asked me again and I responded the second time, and then you left the room. That's a, that's a great starting point for a couple to um, begin from when they want to try to work through an argument because you both are on the same page about this factual thing. And if you get off track, you can always come back to that as kind of an anchor point for you in your relationship. Second step, after you've been able to uh, work through this together and, and talk about what factually happened, the second part of this is to take turns with one another um, to talk about what were the feelings that were taking place um, when this factual thing happened, because uh, we're debriefing, remember. And so, for example, you, you talk about this factual thing, you say, and so, John, when this happened, when this interaction between us happened, I felt, what did you feel? I felt hurt. Uh, I felt betrayed. I felt misunderstood. I felt unheard. I felt unsafe. There's tons of feelings that go on in fights that I think people don't, um, because of the heat of the moment, people don't like sit and think, okay, what am I feeling now? Because the emotions are too present, right? So there's anger, there's this person's such a jerk, right? And so we're not paying attention to the other underlying feelings. And that's why it's much more effective to debrief the next day um, and, and talk about these feelings. Because again, what I tell couples um, is that every fight you get into, there's probably about, um, there's a need that's related to that, right? So there's, so I think most people have about three to four needs that relate to about 95% of their fights. And if you could define what those three and four needs are, um, you're going to be able to address your fights very differently. Uh, but you have to be purposeful in it. You can't just hope it happens. You have to, you both have to think, okay, we're going to do this. We're in this together. We're going to work on this together. So you get to the feelings, right? So I felt hurt, sad, um, disappointed, upset, uh, misunderstood, um, violated, whatever you felt, right? You can go to Google and do a feelings chart and there's a feelings wheel that is great, right? It, gives you all these different emotional uh, emotion or feeling words. And what I've run into, there's a lot of times people, um, you ask what they feel about something and they have a really hard time defining what they're feeling in the moment. Um, and so that's why a chart like this would be beneficial because a lot of times people didn't grow up in a home where they talked about feelings or there's some trauma in their life that they just avoid talking about feelings because it's going to bring up pain from their past. And so having a chart on hand is not only good for adults, but it's good for kids in the family too, because you as adults are, should be teaching your kid uh, how to express themselves well verbally. Um, and that's something that's really hard for kids to do. And so parents should be helping them with that. So I'm sidetracked there, but um so this, the second part of this, again, is talking about your feelings. Now, um, I, I'm thinking about putting, uh, talking about the next two steps maybe in another podcast, but let's be honest, I want you to buy my book. Um, 
I'm just being transparent. So if I just gave you all the steps, you wouldn't go get my book. So you can get my book on um, Audible and Amazon. It's called Relationship Reconnected. And um, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to do another podcast on the next two steps. Um, but it would be awesome if you went out and got my book and supported me that way. It's still out there. Um, I I checked a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, uh, out of all the authors on Amazon, I was number 21,000. And I thought, oh, there's about a million authors on there. So I thought 21,000, that's not too bad. So if, if you go out and get my book today, like as you're listening to this podcast and you click on your Amazon app and you buy the book, um, maybe you'll bump me up to like 19,000 author ranking, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? If that happens, I will tell you on the next podcast. Um, just as a note, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can get it on Kindle Unlimited. So I, I think that's free. I don't have Kindle Unlimited, but I, I hear it's free. Um, so, hey, I am going to do another podcast in a week or so, hopefully a week, but Thanksgiving is coming up, but I get sidetracked. Uh, I'm going to be doing another uh, podcast, a question and answer podcast. Um, one of the things I love doing is getting uh, emails from clients, or not clients, but just getting emails from people that either listen to the show or have stumbled across me on the web. And write, they write me an email and ask me a question. And I I tell people there is no question that I can't have, that I don't have an answer to. Um, that's That's based in the therapy world. Now, if you're asking me a question about physics, I'm not going to have an answer for you. But if you're asking about a question of who you should date and how you should treat your mother-in-law and what do you do with a mama's boy, I can definitely answer those kinds of questions. So if you have a question that you want answered, uh, you can email me at headshrinkinc, that's headshrink with a K-I-N-C at gmail.com or go to all the social, I'm on all the social medias. Uh, docdavid.net. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I guess I'm not on all the social medias because I don't do Snapchat. I have a principal stance against Snapchat. I'm an adult man. I will not do Snapchat. If you ever find me on Snapchat, you can um, mock me mercilessly and, and I will not be offended. But hey, we've got another podcast here. Hope it's been helpful to you. If you have a question, feel free to email me and we will do a, a Q&A the next uh, time we talk. Have a great week. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.